Well, it's good to see you all today. We've got a full house here, and I want to welcome everyone also who's joining us online. Do you know that we have people tune into our services live? I mean, there's always been people watch them later on, but we have people tune into our services live from all over Canada, the United States, and all of people in South America, Australia, Europe, and the United Kingdom that are watching right now. Let's give them a big welcome to Gateway. And next Sunday, listen, we need to have a full house next Sunday, and you need to tune in next Sunday if you're watching online, because we have Vision Sunday, and you know, we, had, we were going to report on how our five-year plan finished up, the end of the 2020 vision, and then at the beginning of this year, or the first quarter of this year, everything went crazy worldwide, and we had no idea what was going to happen, and there wasn't very much that we could do, but you know that even when we can't do things, nothing, no government regulation, no virus, nothing can stop God moving, God can still move, and God has been moving over the last six months. It's been amazing. You need to come next week to find out the exciting things that God has been doing in our community and that is planned for the future. So I hope to see you then. We're going to be taking a break next week for Vision Sunday from our current message series, but we're going to be doing it today, part three of our message series, The Secrets of Spiritual Growth. And today we are looking at, what's it called? The secret to knowing what comes next. The secret to knowing what comes next. You know, very often when people have, have been a Christian for a long period of time, um, they kind of, it's like, I know all this stuff I'm doing just now, and I've done it all before, and I'm not really sure what comes next. I've got hair coming right down. Look at that. That's not even one of mine. I don't know who that belongs to. It might even have COVID on it. I don't know where it came from. Right, so um, that was just an angel. There's an angel up there and it drifted down. They have long blonde hair, you know, uh, if you've seen the paintings. So uh, what was I saying before all that happened? Yeah, it was about spiritual growth, but was, about, was it any, any more clear than that? The next step. Oh, yes, you've been doing the same thing over and over, and it's like, what comes next? I kind of feel like I've got myself in a rut. So that's what we're going to look at today, but just a quick one-minute recap of the last two weeks. The first week, we looked at the secret of beginning your journey of faith well, and that is doing what the Bible describes. When you come to faith in Christ, you need to regard yourself as a newly born baby. The Bible says we are newly born babies in Christ. Jesus said we are born again when we come to Christ. So you don't expect a baby to be born and know everything about the world, know everything about world history, know how to use a knife and a fork, and all of that, drive a car. A baby can't do all those things. We know that a newly born baby needs care and nurture and protection until it develops that it, that it can get on its own. And that's the way you need to look at the beginning 
of your journey of faith. Don't be too harsh on yourself uh, if you think that everybody else in your church seems to know God way better than you and know the Bible much more than you and all of that and can pray eloquent prayers and you're frightened to pray out loud because you might get your words all mixed up and all that. That's what babies do. Goo, goo, gaga, mama, dada. I mean, that's it. That, 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 you know, they get their words. They, they can't speak properly but we love them all the more for it, don't we? They're little cute feet, except when they've got the bright red. Yeah, we don't like that. But, but you, you also know that babies go through that stuff, and spiritual babies do as well. Now, I realize that for some people, they were brought up in a Christian home, and they can't really remember the day, the hour, the time, the place that they gave their life to Christ. Maybe quite young, as they were growing up, at some point they gave their life to Christ, and they're not really sure when that happened. And so if that's the case with you, I would encourage you to just pick a time. Maybe it was the day that you got baptized and you made the decision to get baptized, or maybe you were at some Christian event or retreat or something, and at some point in your life you rededicated, you made a serious rededication of your life to Christ. If that was you, if you can't really remember when it was that you first put your faith in Christ, pick like your baptism or a time of rededication and say, that was when I started afresh. And everything before that, all the mess I made of it, it doesn't matter. It, it's gone. I started afresh. And that's when I regard myself as a baby in Christ that was beginning to grow. Then last week, we looked at the fact that once you're born, you then have a life of growth ahead of you. Just like a little baby then grows into a toddler, and then into a child, and then into a teenager, and then into an adult, and then into a parent, and then into a grandparent, and then they die and go to heaven, right? So that is what our spiritual life is like. We grow and develop. The Bible likens spiritual growth to physical growth in the sense that faith is a journey. It takes time. And we saw last week that the, the New Testament very often uses stories like the Exodus as an illustration of our journey of faith. We left Egypt. We crossed the sea. We are walking through the wilderness. God is providing for us. We're on our way to the promised land. It's a journey. And life is like a river. You can chart your course, but sometimes it takes unexpected bends, and you have to go with the flow of life. Faith is not you getting everything your way. Well, Lord, I want this, 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 and this to happen, and I believe it, and it will all happen. Faith is trusting in God and staying hooked up and connected to Him regardless of what is going on in the outside world. So today we're going to have a look at, okay, born a new baby, and it's a journey, but what is this journey? And we're going to look at a passage of Scripture 
It's in 1 John, the first letter of John, and there he tells us that there are three main stages of spiritual growth. Let's have a look. 1 John chapter 2, and, and I want you to notice that he mentions the three stages twice. He mentions a stage and a couple of things about it, then a couple of verses down he mentions the same stage again and a little bit more about it. Let's have a look. I write to you, little children. There's stage one. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven through Jesus. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. And now he's going to repeat the same three stages, but maybe word it a little bit different. I write to you little children because you have known the Father. Do you see? Your sins are forgiven. You have known the Father. There's two things. I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. The exact same thing, twice. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Three stages of spiritual growth, spiritual childhood, spiritual youth, spiritual parenthood. Now, let's just look at them. Here they are together. Spiritual children, let's put together the two things he says. I write to you, my spiritual children, because your sins are forgiven through Jesus, and you have come to know the Father. Now, what he's telling us here is people who are at the spiritual childhood stage, there are certain things that they need to know. There are certain things that are more important for them to know than other things. I want you to notice he doesn't say, I write to you spiritual children to talk to you about the topic of tithing. Do you see that? He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, I write to you little children to discuss the order of events that will transpire at the second coming of Christ. He doesn't say that. All the things that people argue about, he doesn't say that. Little children don't need to hear that. Little children need to know that their sins are forgiven and that God has become their loving Father and they have become His child. And then look at this, spiritual youth. He says, you are strong in the Word of God and in overcoming the works of the evil one in your life. Do you notice that there's no mention of the evil one to spiritual children? But to spiritual youth there is. He says, you have become strong in the word of God and of overcoming the evil one. I've added in a little bit in your lives, but in overcoming the evil one, because when you read it in context, it's obvious that it is not our job to defeat the devil. Jesus has already done that for us, right? The Bible tells us that. So our job is not to go out there and fight with the devil and all of that kind of stuff. Our job, Jesus said, the evil one comes, but he has nothing in me. But our problem is the evil one comes to us sometimes and he's got 45 things in you. 
anger against somebody, bitterness about something else, fear that paralyzes you, all kinds of things. Our job is to defeat the works of the evil one in our life. As Paul says, do not give any place in your life to the devil. And then there's spiritual parents. He says, you have known him who is from the beginning. So let's go through these three phases one at a time just now. Let's have a look at them. Let's go first of all to, to uh, spiritual uh, children. Let's look at that first. Spiritual children. Do you remember the story I told you a couple of weeks ago about the two babies that had died? Their parents had accidentally killed them by feeding them the wrong diet. Um, and the, the, their parents were feeding them a diet that was suitable for adults, but not for babies. And their system couldn't handle it. One was in the United States, the other was in the United Kingdom. And in both situations, their baby died by being fed the wrong diet. The baby's stomach, the baby's digestive system needed milk. And the Bible tells us that there is a phase in our Christian life where we should be feeding on the spiritual milk of God's Word. Feeding on the spiritual milk, that is the good news. What is the spiritual milk? Well, He tells us, your sins are forgiven through Jesus, and you have come to know the Father. Do you know I have met many Christians, many people who have been Christians for a long, long time, it's like they've grown beyond this, this spiritual childhood stage, and they're away over here, but somehow or other, they weren't fed the right diet back here. And because of that, they've been left with, um, with issues, with problems in their life. And even though they've been Christians for a long time, they still doubt their salvation. They still worry that they might not get into heaven, or if they sin and blow it, God's going to banish them and kick them out. For some reason or other, they have never received full assurance that your sins are 100% forgiven. You are not forgiven because you're a good person. If you were a good person, you wouldn't need forgiven. The only reason we need forgiven is because we are sinners and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not what we do. He doesn't say, I write to you because your sins are forgiven, because you've really been pulling yourself up by the bootstraps recently and making a hard day. No, no. I write to you because your sins are forgiven. Why? Because of Jesus. Because Jesus died for your sins and rose again from the dead. And when you put your faith in Jesus, you received forgiveness of sins. And God's not going to banish you. God's not going to kick you out. God's not an angry, distant judge. He's your loving Heavenly Father. And can I just encourage you, if you have any doubts about your salvation and about the fact that your sins are forgiven through Jesus, or if you, if God to you is a distant judge rather than an ever-present, loving, fatherly presence, then you need to fix this bit. You need to get that milk bottle out and suck it all down because you need the milk of the Word. You need the good news. Let's read on. I can't remember what my next slide says. What does it say? 
Okay, here it is, 1 Peter chapter 2. He says this to the little children, like newborn babies, always be thirsty for the pure spiritual milk, so by drinking it, you may grow up into your salvation. As the scripture says, you have found out for yourself how kind the Lord is. Do you see the milk is all the good news? It's about how kind the Lord is. It's about how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's about how our sins are forgiven and he's become our father and he's kind to us. It's the basic message of the gospel. And that is what we really need to, to, to work out. What is the spiritual milk he speaks about? Here it is, the basic teachings. I want you to look at that phrase, the basic teachings, because we'll see that in a little bit. Spiritual milk is the basic teachings about Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for us, showing the kindness of the Lord, the fact that you have come to know the Father and your sins are fully forgiven. And honestly, you don't need to be watching YouTube videos about the Antichrist or the end times, or you don't need to be wondering whether Noah's flood was worldwide or geographic. All the things that Christians debate and argue about, was the devil a serpent? And the, all of these kind of things that people go on about. Listen, those things are interesting, but can I tell you something? Unless you are totally grounded in the fact that God is a good God, He is kind, and He is loving, and He sent His Son for you. And if you believe in Him, you are totally, 100% forgiven, washed clean, and God is your Father, and you are His child, and that relationship can never be broken. Until you're sure about that, don't move on any further. What is the main goal? What is the main goal of the spiritual childhood season? Well, there's two. Develop a relationship with God. Build a personal relationship with God. Because if you don't, if you rush through this childhood stage into the spiritual youth stage, and you want to become strong in the scriptures, you will cram your head full of lots of knowledge about God before you have actually built a child-father relationship with God. Come to know the Father. Get to know God as your loving Father. If your experience in life of a human father has been bad, don't allow that to color the picture of what the perfect, unconditionally loving Father is truly like. And secondly, the second goal is make sure you've got real assurance of your salvation. Peter's, the Apostle Peter says in one of his letters, make your calling and election sure. In other words, make sure that you have given your life to Christ, you've put your faith in Him, and get rid of all doubts to the contrary. Have assurance of salvation. Those are the two main goals of the spiritual child season in your life. So once you've grown through that, you then come into the spiritual youth season of your life. And so in the spiritual youth season, you don't need milk anymore. You need meat. 
You are feeding on what the Bible sometimes calls it the meat of the Word or the solid food of the Word. And that means that you are learning. You've got to know God. You understand the gospel, the good news. Now you are learning the, the teachings of Scripture and you're beginning to change your thoughts and your opinions about things as you learn God's thoughts and God's opinions. Remember, he says that he's writing to the spiritual youth because you are strong in the Word of God and in overcoming the evil one in your lives. And so, uh, what is meat then? If we're talking about solid food or spiritual meat, what is that? Well, let's look at, let's read on. Let's look at our next slide. Hebrews chapter 5, it says this, there is much more that we would like to say to you about this. Remember, he's writing to a group of Christians. There's much more we would like to say to you about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you lot are spiritually dull. Could you imagine if I came out and said that on a Sunday morning? Oh, it's a spiritual dull bunch. I, bet, I think we better start with it. <laughs> That's what he says. Because you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about Christ. Remember that phrase? The basic things about God's words. God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives in milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. He's saying here that there's a group of people who should have been at the spiritual youth stage by now. They've been Christians for so long. But they still doubt all, they're still struggling with all the basic things. He says, we need to put you back on the milk for a while. You need to learn how kind the Lord is. You need to learn that your sins are forgiven because of Jesus. You need to learn that he's your loving father and, and get established in that so you can then go on and eat the meat of the word, the solid food, dive into the teachings of scripture and then become strong in your faith. Let's look at the next slide. It says this, what is spiritual meat? You know, there's about three or four different passages in the New Testament that it talks about spiritual meat. And, and I've just put them up. We don't have time to read them all, but this is what it says. It is deeper biblical teachings, which require some intellectual digestion. You know, you think about things, you ponder them. How does that fit together with this and so on? But as, as the pieces are beginning to come together, it makes you strong in the Word of God. You become strong in your understanding of Scripture, and it provides you with the skills to recognize what is right and what is wrong, what is true and what is false, what is of the light and what is of the darkness, what will take your life down the right path and what will lead you down the wrong path so that you are then able to overcome any traps, any works of the evil one, any unresolved personal issues in your life. Now, just like the babyhood stage had two main goals, 
the spiritual youth stage also has some main goals. And here they are. The two main goals of this stage of your life are becoming strong in the Word of God. It's usually at this stage that people are, start thinking about things like, I, I want to go to a seminar and learn about such and such a thing. Oh, there's a Christian conference on there. I want to go to that conference. Maybe they sign up for a, a Bible course or even a Bible school. They might go on a short-term mission or they might uh, volunteer to start getting involved in a ministry in the church. There is something happening in their life that they're now becoming serious about their faith. They're wanting to get involved. They're wanting to, you know, it's like, the, it's like someone that's going to the gym. They've just started going to the gym, and they're drinking protein powder all the time, and they're going to the gym. You're like that, but it's spiritually, it's like, give me, give me the protein of the Scriptures, and give me a devil to fight someplace or other. You know, that's what you're like. You're becoming strong in the Scriptures, and you are recognizing the unresolved issues that you have in your life where the evil one has a foothold, the, the strings that can still get pulled, the buttons that can still get pushed, and you're bringing them before God and having them healed and dealt with so that you can be free. But then there's another stage after that, and it is the spiritual parenthood stage. And, you know, you would think that you, the three types of spiritual food in the Bible are milk and meat and bread. And I know you might, you might actually think, well, to me, I would think milk comes first and then bread and then eventually meat. But that's actually not the way that the Bible does it. The reason I think of that is because I think of a baby with a bottle of milk and then a, a baby with a rusk and it's gums, you know, and then eventually it can eat meat. But this is the way the Bible says it. Spiritual children drink the milk of the Scriptures, the good news. Spiritual youth are on the meat of the Scriptures. They're getting into everything and having debates on Facebook and all stuff is going on there. But then there comes a time where spiritual children are eating the bread because the bread is different from the milk and the meat. The bread, now I know today we fill our bread with preservatives, but really, if you go to like the Italian bakery or something like that, you know that your bread only lasts one day. It's like a brick the next day. You could build houses with those baguettes if you leave them for a couple of days, right? You need fresh bread every day. The, and the, as the, the Israelites went through the wilderness, they got fresh manna, fresh bread every day. And so, and we'll see in a moment that bread symbolizes the daily preceding Word of God. And you know what he says about spiritual children? You have known Him who is from the beginning. But in English, that looks like a short sentence. But in Greek, every one of these words is packed with meaning. For instance, the word know. You know, People say to me, do you know so-and-so? Oh, yeah, well, not really, but I know about them. We use the word know to mean, you know, we know about something. But in the Bible, the word know means a bit more than that. Let me give you an example. And Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. It wasn't just, Adam, do you know? Oh, yeah, I know her, Eve. No, he literally knew his wife Eve, right? He had an intimate, personal relationship 
with his wife Eve. So, and she conceived. So to know God means to have a personal and deep relationship with him. Let's unpack this. Let's unpack that verse. Here's actually what it means. He says, I write to you spiritual parents. Why? Because you deeply and fully know the love of God from an eternal perspective. You know that God is involved with everything and everyone. You know, you used to panic about things. You know those panic prayers? Oh, oh this isn't happening the way I thought it should, Lord. Lord, quick, quick. But now you're at a place where you, well, that's not happening the way I thought it would. But I know that God works all things together for good. My trust is in Him. You know that God is involved with everything and everyone, and He is working out His plan for the good of all beings. It's not, you know, God's not just going to do something for the good of you, and, and, and it's going to be rotten for everybody else, you know. He is the Father of them too. And eventually, all will be well. So you have a peace, and you trust that God will work all things out together for good. That's really what that passage is saying there. So, so what is the spiritual bread? What is that? Let's have a look at what it says here in, in these two scriptures. And you'll see, you'll see what the spiritual parenthood stage is. Psalm 103 verse 7 says that God revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Coming to the spiritual period, Moses was the spiritual father of those people. And all of those people, they knew about God's deeds. Oh, God can do this, and God can do that, and God can provide us with manna, and God can part the Red Sea. God can do amazing things. They knew about, they knew about God. They knew about God's deeds. But Moses knew the character of God. He had a deep, growing, personal relationship with God. Have you ever noticed, right, let me say this, at the spiritual youth stage, that is usually the time if God is going to call somebody into ministry or missions or something, it's usually at that stage. So you've got a lot of people in this stage that all of a sudden are, are coming into ministry and becoming preachers, and they're becoming strong in the Word. Have you ever heard preachers Maybe, maybe I'm guilty of it because I'm sure everybody is at times. But have you ever heard preachers who are preaching something that is true? You know that the, what they're saying is true. But the way they're saying it is not reflecting the character of our Heavenly Father. You see, it's not enough to know about God's deeds and proclaim His deeds and God says this and God did that and God wants you to do the next thing. We also need to know His character so we're expressing it in the way that God would. God wants you to do this, not because He's against you, but because He's for you. And we know the character of God. And the bread, the bread is that daily guidance, that daily word for God. Give me this day my daily bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In this spiritual parenthood stage, you are li you're not learning all the doctrines of Scripture. You've learned that, and you've got it settled now. You know what you believe, and you know why you believe it. 
You're not drinking of the milk. You've known for a long, long time that your sins are forgiven. You have assurance of salvation and that he is your father. Now you have been walking with God for a long time. You've read the Bible a few times. You understand what you believe. Now your relationship with God is about the daily proceeding word of God, how he is guiding you today, how he is speaking to you today. The the two main goals of this stage, of the spiritual parenthood stage, are, if you can put up my next one. Oh yeah, just skip that when I said it. The two main goals of the spiritual parenthood season are, number one, developing a deep, personal, experiential relationship with God. You know, at the spiritual youth stage, very often people are activists, you know, I'm an activist for Jesus. I want to change the world and all of that kind of stuff. And over here at the spiritual parenthood stage, people's faith usually changes from being activist to being a little bit more contemplative, a little bit more meditative, a little bit more personal and quiet. Now, I'm painting with broad brush strokes. You know, I People at any one of these stages could do any one of these things. I'm just talking about a theme here. Developing a deep, personal, experiential relationship with God. And the second emphasis is you want to do something meaningful with the rest of your life. Not necessarily spectacular. It might or might not be spectacular. It might, or it might be public, it might be private, but it's meaningful. It's fulfilling your life purpose as a part of God's great plan. Three stages of spiritual growth. And you need to identify where you are before you can know what comes next. But wherever you are, you know if you're struggling with doubts, Stop focusing on all of the complicated, uh, complex issues in the Christian church and all of the controversies, and you make sure that you have full assurance of salvation. Your sins are fully forgiven, and begin to develop a deep and personal relationship with the Father. If you've done that and you've been a Christian for a while, what do I do now? It's time for you to dig deep into Scripture. It's time for you to maybe sign up for some courses or small groups or something like that, or find a, a place of service and, and begin to dig deep in Scripture and begin to become aware of the unresolved issues that are still in your life that you want to deal with so that they won't trip you up in the future. And if you've walked with God for a long time and you know what you believe and you know why you believe it and your faith is settled, don't become bored with your Christian faith. It's time to move into the next phase where you will be having a personal, daily interaction with God, knowing that He is working. Even if you messed everything up, He's working everything out, but you want to come into alignment with His plans and really have a close uh, and intimate walk with Him and also allow Him to work through you in a way that is meaningful and brings a blessing to others three stages of spiritual growth. We need all three. Sometimes people in one stage get irritated with people in another stage 
But we need all stages. We need to constantly have new people being born again into our community, and we need to have people continually growing, and we need to have people who are spiritually mature to help all the little babies that are coming in. Now, where are you? Where are you in your walk with God, and what steps do you need to take next to evaluate your personal relationship with God? You know, we're going to actually be looking at how to evaluate in a couple of weeks' time, but we can begin it right now. And so, I want to pray for all of us. I want us all to stand together, and I want to pray for all of us in this room and everybody watching online. I want to pray an unusual prayer. I'm going to pray that you begin to become dissatisfied. You know, sometimes, Lord bless us with peace and satisfaction, but sometimes we need to get dissatisfied. Do you know what eagles do when it's time for their babies to leave the nest? If the babies don't leave quick enough, do you know what the eagles do? You know how they line their nest with feathers? They pull all the feathers out so that it's all the jaggy sticks, so that the babies are so uncomfortable they have to jump out the nest. And sometimes we get so comfortable in our spiritual journey where we are that we stop growing. And maybe we need some holy dissatisfaction within us to spur us on and motivate us to take the next step of our journey. Come on, let's lift up our hands to heaven. Let's open our hearts and minds to God. And I'm going to pray for us. Father, I pray today for each one of us each one of us in this room, everybody watching online, myself included, I pray that you would develop a deep spiritual hunger within each one of us. You said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And the only way we will live a life that is filled and overflowing as if we are hungering for more. So stir us up, Lord God. Stir us, stir up our faith. Stir up our hearts. Create within us a hunger for more of you, for more of your word, for more of your truth, for more of your presence, and for more of your will that your kingdom would come and your will would be done here on earth, in our lives, in our families, and in our church as it is in heaven. And all God's people said, let's give God a praise, church. Come on.